guys, welcome to the latest episode of this unbelievable life. Today I have on with me Kyler McReynolds. Kyler was born and raised in Evansville and currently lives in Newburgh with his wife Ashley and his two children. From USI, he has a Bachelor's of Arts in History, including an internship with the Evansville Museum. Currently, he works for People's Bank as a branch manager, and he has been serving over six years on the board of the Evansville Wartime Museum. So today, Tyler is going to tackle for us, you know, just telling us about this local, wonderful, historical treasure of the Evansville Wartime Museum. Kyler, take it away. So, um, just shy, we're just shy of six uh, years, our anniversary of the museum opening on Memorial Day weekend. Um, the Evansville Wartime Museum is dedicated to tell the story of Evansville during World War II and our contribution to other uh, military conflicts that involved Evansville's history. Um, as you can see, in recent years, we've grown leaps and bounds. We've added uh, a P-47 Thunderbolt to our collection um, that's owned by the P-47 Foundation, as well as uh, recently an M-4 Sherman tank that we're offering rides. Um while Sherman tanks weren't made here, we did refurbish over a thousand of these vehicles uh, in Evansville during the war. P-47s, we, we built uh, almost 6,000 of these uh, wonderful airplanes at the Republic Aviation Plant, which most people in Evansville know as the Whirlpool Plant. Um, during World War II, Evansville was in a very unique position for a lot of reasons um, to the city itself benefit unfortunately from the conflict, but also contribute in a huge way. Um, it kind of starts before the war started that um, the Great Depression had hit the community very hard. A lot of our industrial centers um, and industrial areas had closed down or dramatically decreased. And so a group of business leaders um, from the area decided to use their political and business connections to start um, knocking on doors in D.C. and other industrial companies across the country to bring new production to Evansville. Um, Republic Aviation was one of those first companies and actually had expanded uh, their production here and started that process before the war actually had started. Um, Farmingdale, New York, where their headquarters was, was deemed too risky to put all their eggs in one basket on somewhere that could be attacked if war started in Europe, which likely looked at that point. So business leaders were able to convince Republic to come to Evansville. And unfortunately, uh, Pearl Harbor happened, and then things were let loose at a level that um, the nation and the world had never seen before. And as um, our adversary, uh, Japanese Admiral Yamato said, if we attack the United States, we're going to wake a sleeping giant and that's exactly what happened and evansville played a very integral part in that um quickly besides republic aviation um lsts or landing ship tanks were being designed in great britain and this was a whole novel concept that had not really been seen in war before and um quickly they realized the shipyards that were building aircraft carriers liberty ships cruisers, destroyers, battleships just didn't have the space and capacity to build as many of these ships as they needed. So the War Department and the Navy started looking at cities that were connected on major riv rivers to um, produce ships as well. And Evansville was one of what they call cornfield shipyards that were selected uh, for that production, including Madison, Indiana, Seneca, Illinois, 
which are close by to us, also produced LSTs. So um, the Missouri Valley Bridge Company was the company that was contracted to build the LSTs. They built 167 throughout the war, including four amphibious um, barrack ships and three tug ships called lighters. Um, and then additionally, uh, Evansville was unique in the sense of most cities only got one huge military contract. Evansville already had Republic, then it got the LST shipyard. And then because of its strategic location in the United States, in the middle of the country, close to river access and rail and road access, they decided to give us three. So the Sunbeam uh, refrigerator plant with the Chrysler Plymouth car production plant were merged into one massive ordnance plant. And during the war, they produced over 93% of the 45 caliber ACP ammunition. Most people, if they know that, you've watched probably classic movies, uh, the 45 caliber pistol that the armies used, um, or you see in different cop dramas and stuff like that. Basically, ammunition used that for that kind of gun or the Thompson submachine gun um, was what was made here in Evansville. So they made over 3.4 billion rounds in a year and a half including another 27% of the 30 caliber carbine ammunition used for uh, a rifle used by the army as well. And it's a year and a half and it was an operation. It was the world's largest ammo manufacturing facility. So when said and done, Evansville at the end of World War II was per capita the largest producer of war material in the country. No other city had been asked to do as much as we did. Before the war, we were right around 70,000 people during peak capacity and need of jobs. Population was over 155,000. Um, now, a lot of those people went home, but a lot of people stayed. And that was the driving force to the economic growth that Evansville saw for a period of time after World War II. Um, besides those three major companies, over 30 other companies around our area produced war material for P the P-47s, LSTs for Chrysler, and a number of other projects all across the country. Um, Hoosier Cardinal, which was a famous plastics company, um, they developed uh, plexiglass, um, bulletproof glass for cockpits and turrets for airplanes. Um, what they revolutionized during World War II, which they don't get enough credit for, is they developed a molding system that allowed them to mold this plastic for aviation purposes that was much cheaper and faster to produce for airplanes than ever seen before. And that technology was spread across the entire United States to help produce airplanes faster for the war effort and basically helped pave the way for the modern plastics industry that we know of today, which in part is still part of very much part of our community. Uh, with Barry Plastics and Guardian and a few other companies that's still around here. So um, Chrysler went back to uh, producing cars after the war. Sunbeam came back producing refrigerators. Republic was closed. Um, that was sheltered and that turned into International Harvester, which they started producing refrigerators, which then was bought out by Whirlpool. So, um, you know, companies that we still see today, uh, Cook & Sons, 
uh, refrigerators. They provided steel to um, the LST shipyard during World War II. Mead Johnson was producing Infamil and other medical products for the army and the military during the war. Um, Boots Industries is still here located. They were making a lot of parts for a lot of different airplanes for the U.S. Army and Navy uh, during the war, plus plenty of others that I sadly can't remember their names off the top of my head. So um, Evans Old just was linchpinned in so many parts um, in the production-wise, um, but also its people um, and that's part of the story is, is the home front. Evansville is a good consensus of what the American public went through at home. Um, we, we sent a lot of men and women over the seas, just like every other place did. But, um, just because we so dramatically changed to meet the needs of the war and its pro massive production requirements, um, things grew pretty rapidly. And I mean, we talk about our population, but we also talk about um, we need to not forget that, yes, there were uh, over 400,000 American servicemen died during World War II. But between 1942 and 1945, 75,000 Americans at home making those materials died in accidents. And another 300 over 300,000 were permanently disabled. Um, so it's our, our job at the museum is to educate about our history, but also educate about what the public went through, through that experience here in the United States, back home, uh, contributing to the greater or, uh, war, for, war efforts and the overall victory um, during World War II. Um, so we've got how we how we do that there at the museum is we have a home front gallery. Um, as you walk into our facility, we talk about the local war production. That's always constantly changing and expanding as we get more materials and and more information about some of our local businesses. Um, then you walk into what we call the main gallery or the hangar, um, and there we have uh, quite a few exhibits about Republic Aviation. Um, we have our P-47, our M-4 Sherman tank. We've got a Stearman uh, biplane trainer that was used by uh, nearly every um, pilot cadet during World War II in the Army Air Corps and the Navy. Uh, probably at some stint flew one of these airplanes. Um, we've got a number of vehicles, including a, uh, a command car, an ammo carrier um, that was refurbished here in Evansville, at the Chrysler plant. Um, currently, we have on loan. Uh, General Pershing's uh, personal vehicle from World War One, um, among other things, and then we have an honor gallery, which is to honor our local veterans and the people who worked here in the Evansville area during World War Two. Well, can you tell us um, where exactly you're located and how we find you online, and and also like what your hours are and what the cost of admission is? Yeah, so um, we're located on Petersburg Road. Um, up there, uh, as, you know, if you drive north on 41, uh, you take a left to the old Thunderbolt um, uh, golf course, and then you take a right, and there's uh, to the airport. And we're back there, and it's the old Mead Johnson hangar. Um, we converted that facility. It holds about 17,000 square feet of display pace, space for us. Plus, um, if, if you've been living in Evansville the last few years, you know we've hosted quite a few different uh, aviation aircraft in there. 
Um, we've had the B set, B29 Fifi um, and a B24 from can member of Air Force in. And then sadly, the B17 uh, Texas Raider crashed last year, but she had visited us twice before. Um, and then we've had a number of other aircraft like a B25 uh, Mitchell bomber, a C-47 Liberator that actually is coming back um, the end of June. So um, I'll get some information about that up here in just a second. But that is the actual airplane that led uh, the paratroopers on the D-Day landings. So which is a really neat connection having that place, that plane here in Evansville for visiting while we have LST-325 that actually served with the D-Day landings during World War II as well. So um that's a that's a good segue between the the two places um we're open right now um thursday through sunday from noon to four um we do host special events that change those hours periodically so like i was talking the c-47 visit they're also bringing a number of other airplanes for the public to ride in if they want to purchase tickets so we'll probably have expanded hours for those events um you can find us on facebook um, that's probably our, our biggest social media source. We also have our website, uh, the Evans of Wartime Museum.org, um, that you can, you can purchase tickets, uh, memberships, um, general admission, um, is generally $11 for the public. Um, but we do provide discounts for the youth veterans, first responders and things like that. Um, our additional facilities are, we do have a library upstairs um, that the public can use uh, or research uh, educators and whatnot can have. We do have uh, flight simulators, PC flight simulators um, that have full uh, pilot training capabilities as well. Um, and then generally the first and third Thursday every month we hold uh, what's called our lunch and learn events where we have different speakers from across Midwest and country come in and they'll uh, educate uh, local patrons on different subjects related to World War II and other historical events. So, you know, I knew some of the ties that our community had to the war, but what a, what a fabulous resource A for us to have, but just shocking to realize what a footprint we had during those eras. So I highly encourage everybody to go check it out, check them out online, go visit in person. I can't wait to, to for my first visit. Um, I know I've been following you guys for years. Um, so Tyler, thank you so much for sharing your unbelievable life and, and your role in what, what they're doing there. Um, and again, I just encourage everybody to go check out this wonderful treasure we have in our community. I wanna thank everybody for listening and wish everybody a blessed and wonderful day.